Check my inbox and what do I see? Just another day, another T-R-A-D-E I'm an addict And I need it in my veins, I'm an addict Otherwise I feel plain now Every day I wake up, people got a problem Making all these trades up, got me singing got em, But I've been paid up, I even started from the bottom See I don't wait up, I ain't even playing possum So what it cost them, just a couple of first. Can't believe that it worked, not to say I'm a jerk But I'm an addict, it's what I said in the first You can curse all you want, you can pray in your church But I'ma keep tapping return, I win up I learn I ain't trying to burn any bridges I yearn for the feeling I earn I'ma win it's a turn He had a cheek before I drop you like the beat I'm an addict And I'm not really ashamed I'm an addict I'm reclining with the brain I'm an addict And the pot is what I'm playing I'm an addict Russell Rocky Other names Trade addicts pot Let's go I am Dynasty Outhouse And I have a trading problem I am Rocky Petrella, and I also have a trading problem. My name is J. Mike, and I, too, have a trading problem. Hey, everybody, and welcome to session 274 of the Trade Addicts Podcast, a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network, the DAP Network, if you will. And we will. Oh, we are here. First of all, any night you spend with J. Mike is a beautiful night. Every every Tuesday night where we get to record Trade Addicts is a beautiful night. Every night that we get to record Trade Addicts with J. Mike and have like four things of news to talk about is a beautiful night. Like things are happening. Camp is starting. Saquon's going to be there. <laughs> that's That's all that matters. And we'll get to that. Josh Jacobs. Uh, but... Things are happening. It is great. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to keep going. And I we're just going to go into it. Everybody, you should know who J. Mike is. Check out the Dynasty Dummies. Well, whether you do or you don't know who J. Mike is, if you don't listen to the Dummies and you listen to us, that's just, then you're the dummy. Hey, <laughs> I'm that together. Yes. All right. So like I said, we're jumping straight into the news. And one of them is, let, let's start with a little, actually, they're all good news. Let's start with uh, of news Jimmy Garoppolo passed his camp physical and can practice and this one was weird because I kept forgetting that he hurt his foot and like wasn't ready to practice at all and now it appears he is which is nice because that leaves Devontae Adams with a quarterback and all of us and Rocky alike who like to play that cheap quarterback route we don't have to find a backup plan for Jimmy Garoppolo because he can start now. So does the, like, was Jimmy Garoppolo actually not starting baked into anyone's plans? Or is this just like, okay, no, this is fine. Let's just keep moving. You know, process is normal. I love that you both have your mics muted and you're both being polite and waiting for the other one to go first. And neither of you are still unmuting your mic. I guess it's me. <laughs> Uh, I, I also had noise going on in the background, so I didn't want to unmute right away. But um, I don't think it – I mean, for me, it wasn't baked into his price, maybe for other people. I haven't really been trying to buy him. Uh, I have him on a few teams just out of chance. I don't think I've gotten him anywhere this non-point scoring season intentionally. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, but I, I, if I was looking for – I usually don't go quite as cheap as Jimmy Garoppolo when I'm, I'm doing my thing. Uh, but – 
I, to me personally, I was never really worried. Uh, I know, uh, you know, he had the foot thing and there was talk that they could cut him if, if he didn't pass his physical. I, I kind of expected they that he was going to. I, I figured they, you know, probably had a pretty good idea when they signed him that he, they thought he was going to. So, I, you know, if it happened, it happened. But I wasn't really thinking much about it. And this doesn't surprise me. I almost feel like it's one of those things where, like, the Raiders can do some really, really mentally challenging things at times. So if they truly was going, were going to hinge all of their hopes after sending Devontae Adams' boy out to bring in a Jimmy Garoppolo that wasn't going to play, like, that would be, like, new, low stuff. Or that would be, of- like... Old low stuff that would be like <laughs> Al Davis low stuff, not yeah. Mark Davis low stuff. They also never brought a legit backup quarterback in, did they? Hoyer, I think it was one of the old Patriots backups. It's Hoyer, yeah. Hoyer well, st- even Hoyer, I think. I mean, that's not a guy you're looking to start, you know, half a season or 60. Like, if they were really worried, I think they at least would have had like a Jacoby Brissett type, somebody like that that that, that could come in and. Do more than 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 that than Brian Hoyer. Yeah, I'm with you all. Like it's I, I it's funny. It's like nothing baked, nothing anything. I kept forgetting he was hurt because <laughs> it's Jimmy Garoppolo, and you don't want to you don't want to have to think about the fact that you do have to start Jimmy Garoppolo. And uh, I'm just I, I'm glad for Adams, even though Adams is one of those guys I don't necessarily care who's throwing him the ball. You want it to be a more competent quarterback, but I'm glad it's Garoppolo and not Hoyer at this point, who will at least starting the season to throw the ball. So I'm good. All right, this next one, it's it's really funny because in the chat, Frank is always feeding us news that we don't remember to put on there. And keeping up his job when I said we have all happy news, he's like, well, if you want a little bit of sad news, I'm like, well, thanks, Frank. <laughs> um, apparently, JT is on the puff. And... To which I said, eh, preseason pup means absolutely nothing. Because it does. It, in when you start the season on the pup, you miss six weeks. You can go off the pup in the preseason when tomorrow. It? Yeah. Like there's no like it doesn't literally mean anything. But reverse wise, the fact that Javante Williams was not put on the pup, I think means something. You know, I I'm a little surprised, not gonna lie, and it was never even really how soon will he get on the field? It's more, how soon will he get on the field and be anything close to what he used to be? Because ACLs, eventually, you're going to get back to what you used to be. That That's not, like, we're marvels of science and marvels of human specimens. When those powers combine, an ACL tear isn't that big of a deal anymore, even though he had, like, other six other L's that were torn also. But, like, it was a big deal. Like, I was... I was a little surprised to see that. And, you know, happy, though I have zero Javante Williams share. Um, I can't remember. I know you two both have stands on Williams, and I can't remember what they are. But, J. Mike, were you a Javante Williams guy? And if yes or no, does this change anything for his value, for your value of him? I think this is, this is, a, perfect, this is a perfect talk through what Rocky and I have kind of discussed as we've gone through this. And I don't know that we – I don't think that we necessarily see it differently, but we're on different sides of understanding like, hey, this is this is what the, the probability may be or what what the risk looks like. All right. Be- wait, wait, wait. Hold be- on. I love you. Yes. Hey, Mike. And I, I'm so sorry to interrupt. 
but I saw a notification. I got a notification on Twitter, so I clicked it because I, my brain can't have unchecked notifications. Sports trending. R.I.P. Rocky. Rocky, you good? <laughs> uh, as far as I know. <laughs> now I need to check to make sure Sylvester Stallone isn't dead. I know. What the hell? Nope, he's good. He's good. All right. All right. I don't know. I don't know what they're talking about, but Sylvester Stallone is alive. Rocky Petrella is alive. J. Mike, I'm so sorry for interrupting. I was a little worried for my health there. For I was worried times. for a lot of things at that very <laughs> moment. That okay. So J. Mike and Rocky are on opposite sides. Go. <laughs> Crisis averted. My goodness. <laughs> uh, but truly, whomever passed. Uh, Rocky was the Blackhawks owner because Frank <clears throat> knows everything, and we are so grateful to have him in our chat. Frank is locked in. Frank is locked in. So last season, Rocky and I made a trade um, regarding Javante Williams in Trade Addict Six. So obviously, super pertinent. Um, we essentially, I I sent away Javante Williams for a future first. I can't remember if it's twenty four or twenty three. I think it's twenty four. So next season yeah. first. And essentially, the, we, we both understand what it is. The, let's talk about the facts. The facts are Javante Williams is really stinking good. Um, Javante Williams is uber talented. And Javante Williams got hurt at a really crappy time in terms of really getting the engine revved up for his value, for his career, all of those things. Uh, the things that we didn't know. We didn't know what the damage looked like on the inside in terms of what's his tear looked like J.K. Dobbins is more like Reese. What, what's going on with his injury? The other thing that we didn't know is, hey, ha- what is it going to look like for him to be able to come back? And so now here we are, We as we fast forward all these months later, we're in the training camp. We get probably the most optimal news that any Javante Williams supporter could get in saying he's not starting training camp on PUP. Now, could he go on PUP later? Possibly. Um, but but right now, this is the moment. This is the moment that those who bought into Javante Williams have waited for tremendously because now they have the decision to make. Right. Do I double down or triple down on who I see him as a talent? And Sean Payton's there now and the offense should be good and he should be awesome. Even though they brought in some AJP Ron, we know Javante's the guy. Do I buy in on the talent or do I go ahead and move him for what is now with him not starting on pup? People are going to be really excited to be able to jump back in on Javante and understanding what he could be for this upcoming season. I was just okay understanding if I move him for this first, maybe his, maybe his value does rebound and maybe it is a case where moving forward that I'm able to extract uh, a, a first plus for Javante Williams. But at this current moment, at that moment in time, I was totally okay getting off for first understanding that that first being liquid is going to continue to increase in value. And I can be more dynamic with it versus sitting on the hurt Javante and understanding the running back piece in a lot of our leagues and how they're not viewed as in in the, in the brightest of lights. Uh, And so I I, I was okay with that. Uh, Now Rocky can turn around and do the exact same thing if he so chooses and maybe even extract a little bit more. Uh, So it's, it's not that we see it different, but I was okay moving off of it for the price and he was 100% okay taking on the risk of what Javante could be and what and that his value may be able to rebound. So I don't know this all the way back, and probably he was worth more than the first likely before he got hurt. Uh, but that's that's a little bit of the story of Javante Williams' history in Trade Addict 6. 
And yeah, I've I've been a Javante truther kind of since the beginning, and I was definitely buying low multiple places, not just off J. Mike um, during the injury, because I do think, uh, yeah, that it is going to rebound. Uh, I think he's going to score well, and if I want to, I think I am going to be able to get at least a first plus. I mean, maybe he never gets to the heights of like two first again, but I think I can get more than a first if I decide to move off him too. So, uh, and yeah, I love this news. I didn't even expect to see Javante Williams not start on the pup list. I was expecting probably, and it still could happen, but I, I was expecting a few missed games at the start of the season at least. Uh, and I still think we won't see, you know, primo Javante uh, Williams uh, until at best, probably like mid season this year. And that's probably, that might be optimistic. Like I, I th- we've talked about, I've talked about it a million times, this non-point scoring season with JK Dobbins. It's probably going to be 2024 when we really see Javante Williams. If he's ever going to get to the heights, we all, you know, thought he would, it's probably going to be in 2024. Um, but I also said that when we made the trade and we talked about it on the show uh, that I figured that 24 first, like, if, I, if Javante is what I think he is, I I do decide to keep him. I I think I might even though it's I guess it's in theory a shorter you know time span if the that twenty four pick ends up being good. But I'm very happy if I if I draft what I think Javante Williams is going to be with my twenty four first, um, and have him from then on, uh, even if it's only another two or three years. So, uh, and like we said, I I, I think I could sell more than that twenty four first. And I was also rebuilding uh, at the time. I'm a little better now. I think I can be a playoff team this year, but I'm still not kind of all the way there. So it's not even like, like him actually being good in 24, like I expect is kind of perfect with my timeline. Uh, and it's probably not going to matter unless Jay Mike decides to leave the league, but I at least maybe can finish second. Yeah, no, I, I, <laughs> no, I just understand essentially all the trades, run, all the trades that win championships run through me in TA six, because my my trading of DeAndre Hopkins that I got laughed at when I was rebuilding this whole thing got helped get Russ propel Russ to his first trade addicts title. It was a two two three seasons ago, and now when you win the league, now that you have Waddle, <laughs> Diggs, and Javante, you can, all comes back to trades with me. So there you go. Uh, you, listen, this is I, I'm Thanos at this point. Like <laughs> like where, where did all of that bring you, Rocky? Tell me where did it all bring you? Back to me. Back to me. <laughs> J. Mike is inevitable. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, if, like, if we're talking like right now, I would sell Javante Williams. I'm still exactly where I was. I, any first, I would still sell him for a 25 first right now because I agree with everything Rocky just said. That even if he starts, you're not going to feel great about it. You hope that offense will be better. Than it was last year because it would just make me sad if it isn't because <laughs> that was bad and I like all the players in it. But yeah, I, I I think you do run the risk of like week six, even if it's ugly. But if we like halfway through the season, Javante Williams puts up twenty something fantasy points, and it could be fifteen runs. For 15 yards and three touchdowns. Like, it doesn't matter how it happens. But, like, he's going to put up that game and everyone's going to be like, Javante's back. And Rocky's right. He's going to be maybe not worth two first, but first plus, first second, you know, kind of thing. But I'm fine with that. Like, honestly, me being me, A, risk averse, 
be hating running backs in general. You know, I'm cool not risking that when it could be a he's good and the trade's fine and maybe it works out for me like having Javante is okay or B he's Deonta Foreman even though again ACL and Achilles two very different things but like never what he once was and which would be really sad you know for the man in general just because whether you thought he was, you know, first round pick in the rookie drafts or not, he's good. You know, any anybody that gets drafted in the NFL is good, and I always want them to do well because I'm a nice person and don't want to see people fail. Uh, so alluded to when we first started. So the deadline passed for Eric. We talked about this. It's. No. Um, okay, so uh, man, people who can't hear it because he's muted. J. Mike is cracking up. I and, see. And I see Russ him talking moving to, and I completely lost talking to uh, one of our uh, triadics uh, members through the I podcast you, live. Who's in the chat? Yes. And here he is setting an <laughs> offer without my first involved. Um, Wait, hold on, Russ. You were in mid. You were in mid thought. I know. All the offer and was well, so disgusted <laughs> by what was sent that you addressed Eric. It's as not though you didn't change just, lanes we've talked about saying. this. And yeah. Okay. When I say a player is worth three first and one of them has to be mine, and then you send me three first, none of them mine, and you add another player to my side, that goes against everything <laughs> I said. Now you can disagree with what I said, and that's fine. But, you know, don't tell me you gave me what I wanted. I mean, you didn't. Eric, what, what, what Russ is saying at the end of the day is he's not mad. He's just disappointed. Yeah. Which is worse. Oh. Everybody knows that. Uh, okay, so the deadline to sign a long-term deal if you are on, you've given the franchise tag passed, like, yesterday, <laughs> I think. And then today... Saquon Barkley comes out and signs the one-year deal, which I I love how confused everyone was at first. It's like, why would he sign a one-year deal? He didn't want the tag. Why would he want the one? Oh, right. For some reason, sometimes the NFL rules actually stick. (laughs) Like, you can get around so much of the NFL rules, but this one apparently not. So, um, so Saquon signing the one-year deal, making good hope that they are still working on a long-term deal because you can do that. You can work on the long-term deal after you sign that one year, but regardless, he signed the deal, which means he's freaking playing. And I'm excited for that. A, because I love Saquon B because I got him on a lot of my teams last year. So I still have him a lot. So, uh, and Frank, Yes, is putting out there. Rocky was right. Halfway, halfway. I, I told you, Josh that. Jacobs. We still need it, Josh Jacobs. It's just a matter of time. Yeah, I told you so. These guys are playing. They are not sitting out the year. He, I think uh, it was Trader Joe in the chat today said he's he, he's coming in when he wants to come in because he doesn't have to because he, oh, yeah. he hasn't signed the tag. So he'll he'll take off uh, part of the preseason and then come in when he wants to and then he'll play the regular season. Yeah, at best, show up for week two of the preseason, you know, the second preseason game, just so you get a little work. And, or maybe, like, you know what, you play week three of the preseason <laughs> when you're playing against scrubs on the other side. Oh. Um, 
But I mean, but there's nothing to really talk about because I don't think anybody was changing Saquon's price. It was a matter of were you scared and moved him or were you like Rocky and believed that he was playing and you got him when you couldn't before? I just wanted to talk about it because it made me happy. And that's what I'm here for on this show. It is, it is making me happy. Um, so the next thing is worth talking about because I, like I said before, modern science, the marvels of modern science and the marvels of human specimen that are these football players, Brock Purdy is cleared without restriction. Now, Technically, that doesn't mean his arm strength is anything like it should be. We don't know the answer to that, but this is still far more than I thought it would be. So, I mean, Rocky, I'm going to let you start talking here because you need. It, I I wish all of you would right now patreoncom slash pod j- sign up just for today. And then you can you can drop out just to just see how Frank is just leaning into Rocky right now. <laughs> um, so Rocky, why don't why don't you talk about Brock Purdy being cleared without restriction? I, I was jokingly, Jim uh, was cheering, and I was jokingly making a thumbs down. I'm obviously very happy that uh, Purdy is, is healthy and in and, and, uh, playing shape. It's great for him, great for his career, and. If the Niners do start him, like Frank is saying, I've said it a million times, I will be thrilled as an Eagles fan because Purdy is not that good. And he's not as great a fantasy option as people seem to think he was last year. He played a lot of bad teams. Uh, I still believe, Frank, I still believe there is a preseason. I'm not, I don't think they're handing it to Purdy, the Mr. Irrelevant pick, uh, just because he won some uh, games down the stretch where he barely did much of anything impressive. Uh, and <laughs> sorry, he gave me 25 firsts. That's cheating. No, no, <laughs> he threw the ball, you know, he threw the ball to Debo and Ayuk and Christian McCaffrey, and they ran with it. That's that's great, Brock. I'm proud of you. Um, if you want to win the you want to have a chance to do something special, uh, you go with the guy you pick third overall that you still has not failed, that still uh, you have not seen o- over a, any significant stretch whatsoever. What's he played most like three games in a row? Uh, since his career started. So, yeah, I still believe he's going to be the starter. And if they don't start in week one, they're stupid. And even if they don't, I still think Lance is going to be the starter more games than Brock Purdy is. It's not often. It's not <laughs> often when Rocky digs his heels in with, <laughs> with just just anecdotally. Like, not even, like, just, just sticking with the take and just hating someone. It's not often, but when he does, like... <laughs> There are a few things that it's tickle fun. my soul as much as, as those moments. <laughs> I'm, so sad, like, I'm so sad I don't have Zach Wilson to kick around anymore. Just, yeah, that's what, that's what it is. <laughs> Zach Wilson died till then Brock Purdy lived. Purdy could live. Uh, that's, that's, what, that's where we are right now. <laughs> so, so I do find it interesting, just with just Brock, the Brock Purdy piece of this, like Rocky's doing everything that he can to just poo poo on Purdy, right? Poo poo on Purdy, bad, bad <laughs> yeah. Poo poo on Purdy. Hashtag poo poo on Purdy. Uh, Rocky's just basically saying, "Hey, he played bad defenses. He's he's got the noodle arm. He brought up Mister Irrelevant again. Rocky, Rocky, Rocky. Look, look. 
the Eagles won. All right, the Eagles won. You don't you don't have to keep putting yeah, the elbow. They'll, they'll win again if Brock Purdy's starting. I mean, but that that's fine. <laughs> that that's fine. But you don't you don't have to keep you don't have to keep poo pooing Purdy because your 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 birds your birds did their thing. Like Brock Purdy, the one thing you can't deny is Brock Purdy helped to alleviate, uh, not alleviate, that's not even the right word, um, helped to, I think, unlock the best in so many of the weapons in the offense. He 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 was able to make good decisions. And while it wasn't necessarily something that blew, blew everything out of the water, it was the fresh hope that that offense needs regarding all of the stinking weapons that they have and the fresh hope that our fantasy assets need to be unlocked and be put in put in a position to do the things they do really well. We can My, hope we can hope that Trey Lance is that, and I and I'm and I don't necessarily disagree in saying in with you in that. Ideally, you'd hope that the guy that you paid the number three overall pick with is the guy that you rock with because of all the things that you saw in him. Not just the number three overall pick; it was like three firsts. Plus, right, yeah. right. You're, you're exactly right. However. We say, we say what what we what we know in abstract, we know in in reality. In reality, Brock Purdy was doing this thing. Bad defenses or not, the the offense was rolling and doing great things. And they can only hope. Like they don't. I don't think that Shanahan and company is going are going to be okay with saying, you know what, we got to run Trey Lance back out there because we got to see. And if not, maybe we'll go with Brock to save the day. Like no, like this team is ready to go. Like we're ready to go, ready to go do things. And if that's with Brock, whether you, whether you or I or anybody else like it or not, like he, he did enough in the season to support, man, get this guy on the field to be able to continue to just deal to these guys who make it happen. Okay, a couple things. He, the last thing you said, he did enough. That, that, that's exactly what Brock Purdy is. He can do enough. Like you're not winning. My whole thing is from a real NFL perspective, you're not winning a Super Bowl with Brock Purdy. So to no, me no, no, no. No, 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 Rocky. You are winning a Super Bowl with Brock Purdy? We saw San Francisco one throw away, one throw away to Emmanuel Sanders against the Chiefs with Jimmy Garoppolo. If Jimmy Garoppolo is and good I'm enough, I'm not even saying Brock one throw Jimmy away. Garoppolo off of Brock seven Purdy. games. All right. All right. All right. Um, <laughs> Time out. Point I Rocky, to make. Rocky, Rocky. What? You, know what? you just made J Mike stop talking. It's, it's, it's. I've never seen J Mike like stop talking unless he was embarrassed about something. I don't remember the exact number. Past but... his point of moral belief. I'm just, man, Rocky. Dude, I saw, I, I lived, this is, most people don't even know what I'm talking about because this is like the 90s, but I saw Bobby Hoying in Philadelphia. The, the, he he played like six, seven games, and people loved, he, he put up stats, put up, I think, probably better stats than Purdy did. I would have to look, but, it, it, and then he was awful. I, I, we don't even know that he's Jimmy Garoppolo yet. Jimmy Garoppolo has been Jimmy Garoppolo for 10 years. Uh, we don't, Brock Purdy did it for seven games again, again against bad defense. Anyway, my other point that I was just going to make is the reason that's it, it's even more idiotic to me is they just go with this Purdy thing uh, from a real NFL perspective. Is that it's not like Trey Lance failed. If Trey Lance failed. I get it. Like I, P, I, people have said to me, oh, "Well, it's a sunk call." Like it's not a sunk cost. He hasn't done anything to warrant not starting him, other than Brock Purdy had a handful of decent games, like. 
That's okay. the thing to me. I, I don't understand why you would give up on the guy you paid three first plus for, who's not who has not failed, other than not getting on the field. He hasn't what, failed when he that best, What's that best ability? Availability. If he's available, they should play him. <laughs> but if you're tell- okay, so and I'm going to say I firmly. So now he's finally available, and we're going to sit him. The the. <laughs> Shanahan is the kind of guy who plays his offense. He he adjusts it a little bit as he goes, but like he plays his offense. But I think between Lance and Purdy, you're playing two different versions of that offense. The only reason I say you start Purdy is if you don't want to implement that Lance system, just be like, well, hell, three weeks in again. Back to the Purdy system. Let's learn this again real quick. And again, I'm not saying that's real. I'm not saying that's happening. I'm saying sit them both and start Sam Darnold. Come on. (laughs) I would also say I think it's a better move to start Lance and then bench him for Purdy than the other way around. Yes. Um, But, okay, so let's move past our (laughs) petty squabbles. Um, That was fun, though. (laughs) <laughs> that was wonderful. I loved listening to all of it because I have no care. The only thing I like <laughs> is that when Purdy was starting, Ayuk was hitting, and that made me happy. That's really all I have in all of that. <laughs> that that connection made me happy, and that's it. Um, so we had the question, are you trading a second for Purdy? Um, honestly... If it's a like, if I'm competing, I won the league last year. I think I'm going to win the league, so I have my second. Yeah, I send that for Purdy because I've paid that for backup quarterbacks before. Like, like he's the kind of guy where if his starter goes down, you're good putting him in. You are good starting Purdy if you have to. And I'm the kind of person that gets someone else's handcuff and not my own even though handcuff is more of a running back thing, but you know, so like throwing a second for Purdy to me is a good move. Not because I think or care if he starts week one, but I think down the road, he'll start sometime somewhere and paying a late second for a quarterback is fine. Can I, with, with what we know now at, at this current moment, Rocky, what are you willing to trade for Trey Lance with what we know now, right at this moment. Not not what could be, not weeks from now when Trey Lance is named the starter or Brock is right now. Uh I would probably pay a late first for Lance. Okay. Yeah, I mean you're not getting him for less, but yeah, still and I'd be fine paying it. Oh, absolutely. If you, especially like Rocky, if you have those heels dug in that he's the starter late first for someone, A, just in that offense is worth it. And B, Lance has that upside. So, yeah, makes sense. So let's move on before fisticuffs happen between Philadelphia and and Kentucky or I don't know exactly where you are. I just... I just, I just like, I, I just hear he Rocky just riling ridiculous. me up. I think I'm just like, <laughs> why are you so dug in about this? Like, let's talk. Let's talk about your feelings. I'm sorry, Russ. You're transitioning. Forgive me. Oh, I will never be upset about you talking in general, but you bringing back a, a reason for you two of arguing. I'm all in on. <laughs> That's absolutely fine. But that is all the news we have because Justin Herbert 
getting bank is cool and all but doesn't affect anything ever because he's awesome we know he's awesome and it's not like we thought he was going to another team um so we are at the point where j mike we make the guest decide do you want to do listener questions or trade addicts trades first let's do questions first all right now i have to scroll the first one at omg it's j brew who is the sneakiest of sneaky buys right now? The lowest cost with the highest amount of value to gain. Mm. Well, okay. Those are two separate things. Like, I think there's players like Samaj P. Ryan, any of the backups in Cincinnati uh, of the running backs, like all of those guys, any of the 6,000 slot wide receivers on the New York Giants. Like, those are all good pickups. Like, you could tell the Giants want a slot receiver, and they don't care how many of them get hurt because they're going to have enough on their roster. Like, that, that they have, like, four or five of them. And then Waller, who's just a really big slot receiver also. So, like, I, I think there's a lot of, again, I don't know if anything is sneaky anymore. We play, like, everyone is so dang smart at this point mm-hmm. and so plugged in that I don't think anything's really sneaky. But I think you could find a lot of spots in, you know, third wide receivers on teams, backup running backs for sure. Like, if if someone's willing to throw away Zeke, Fournette, or Dalvin because, like, all oh, they're old and aren't on a team, I'll scoop them up for a late second on the right team because assuming they sign, which they probably will – like the whole Josh Jacobs thing when they feel like it, you know, because I'm sure they have vet minimum uh, contracts everywhere. And I mean, you got to start facing reality at some point, Leonard Fournette. Sorry. Um, Although the way he phrased the question, is it value to gain? That's not happening. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) I liked the first question because the second part makes it a lot harder. Uh, Clearly the answer is Trey Lance. Clearly the answer is Trey Lance. (laughs) I had to. I had to. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I was trying to look. I'm, I'm not finding a lot. Like that is a tough question if you're trying to find the super low value guy. Um, I mean, I don't know. Like again, like super low is rough because like, oh man, Rashad Bateman's on the pup list. Like, go throw a second for Rashad Bateman. Mm-hmm. He's really, really good. And I get that they just got Zay Flowers, but. They're going to be in a, in a real offense now. And all you could do is cross your fingers that any of these players stay healthy. So you're doing the same thing for Bateman. So, yeah, go go get Bateman for a second. And remember what he was with Lamar anytime they were both healthy and playing. He was an insanely solid wide receiver, too. And that was on a bad, bad offense. So you, you hope that's at least the ceiling can get a little higher and hopefully the floor stays where it was. <laughs> I think, I think I've got one. Uh, I think many people will probably consider this one gross, mm-hmm. um, which, which I'm okay with. Um, so, so let me, let me get there before I say it, the name. Uh, I, I feel very confident that Bryce Young will bring a level of competency to the Carolina passing game, like immediately paired with Frank Reich uh, and, and, and the bunch that said, um, if, if you, if you take aim at someone other than Jonathan Mingo, who they just 
paid the early second for. I feel really good about DJ Chark. And I'm pretty sure he's really cheap in leagues. Oh, yeah. Like, probably you can get him for a third. I probably, yeah. Right? Um, And he's 26. He turns 27 in September. And so he's not net at the cliff where people are like, oh, no, age, ugh. Um, or or the place with his age where he's like, Rocky's like, oh, yes, bring him here. Give me the oldies. Give me the dusties. Um, but <laughs> but I do, I do, I really like, I really like Bryce Young. I like Bryce Young early. I like Bryce Young often. And with that, uh, I think DJ Chark would be someone that would be a viable piece to have on Dynasty teams. I was just trying to find somebody. Uh, one I, I kind of like a little bit, um, Wide receiver 50, so it shouldn't cost you too much. Uh, tied to a good quarterback. Has shown wide receiver one-ish potential. Elijah Moore. Uh, you know, he's he's got, like I said, he's got Deshaun Watson. He looked great his rookie year for about a six-week stretch. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, And you can what, probably get him for late second-ish, mid-second. Yeah. So, yeah, and... and if he were, I mean, it's a, it's a, I'm not saying it's going to happen. It's probably a long shot, but he's definitely got the potential to be like a first plus guy. Like if he, if he shows what he showed his rookie year and it's not like they have a lot else there too. So he could, he could command targets if he plays that well, like they, they have Amari, but he, he's getting up there. Uh, so yeah, I, that, that was the guy I was looking at just kind of scrolling down the list of, of the receivers here. Maybe I'm thinking add. too low. I'm thinking too low. I'm, <laughs> I'm not thinking like yeah. low to first. I'm thinking like, okay, yeah, maybe I'm maybe I, my my buys are too sneaky in my mind. But I, I like that a lot. But yeah, yours yours is way down there. <laughs> way down. I'm gonna throw a hashtag out here for hashtag Team Clemson Big Wide Receiver with Kadarius Tony getting hurt. Justin Ross has a better shot at making that 53, <laughs> and it's gonna happen. Russ. If that kid is healthy and gets on the field. He's going to stay there. It is a good suggestion, though. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, yeah, I tried. I think it was TA11. I sent, I, 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 my 24 picks are pretty much gone. I sent like a 25 second for Ross and a 25 third, and that got rejected really fast. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it's better trying to just sneak him into a deal, like, yeah, than I'm, actually I, targeting I, him specifically. It's funny. I was on uh, the Dynasty Sanctuary with Rich, Dynasty Island, and you know, we were talking about the process of trading and all of the stuff that goes into it. And, you know, he asked how I negotiate. And I love my example. It's always just, Rocky, give me Keenan Allen, Rocky. Yeah. Rocky, <laughs> Rocky, give me Keenan. Rocky. <laughs> like, that, that's, how, that's how I negotiate. Yeah. So sneaking, sneaking Justin Ross in doesn't really work. Like anybody in a trade addicts league is not going to be surprised or be fooled when they see a Clemson wide receiver anywhere in a deal. (laughs) Like, all right. Okay. Okay. You don't care about any of this. You just want Justin Ross or Mike Williams. (laughs) He just creates a five, you know, a six player deal so that he can just have Justin Ross as one of the pieces (laughs) in it. (laughs) Doesn't really care about the rest of it. Oh, and uh, for the rest of my tweet uh, for asking for questions, I asked two questions and they were, what is your favorite songs to go to a concert to hear live? And what was your childhood stuffed animal? And he says, best song I've heard live is Whitewashed by August Burns Red. I just found them pretty recently. I like them. The intro alone is 
he typed chef's kiss, but I, I had to do it. Um, and his stuffed animal is a classic Mr. Bear that has been passed to my kids. Oh, that's adorable. Um, so before we keep going, um, J. Mike, I figured this would be a very good question for you because your music taste is just miles wide. I love it. Like, <laughs> and I, I love because like you, during the Hoot Nanny, you throw some of them out. Random Dynasty Dummies episodes, you throw out some music things, and it's just like, yeah, I love that. I don't know what that is, but when you do it on the Blitz, because you do it so quickly, it either hits so much harder or misses so much wider. <laughs> <laughs> The, and it's they, great you know, you know. this is wider because you just move on and I don't even have to think about it anymore. Yep. <laughs> or it's just like, hey, he said Fallout Boy. I like Fallout Boy. Oh, crap. I missed the rewind, rewind, rewind. <laughs> <laughs> those fi- those 15 minutes. Like, we, we don't have time to time to unpack. Uh, so, the one... so first question, I, I, I would love to hear your answer. I Now, assuming you are a live music person, because not everyone is, like, w- what is a song that hopefully you have seen live or just would love to go see live and just like it feeds your soul. Yeah. I've got, I've got two that come to mind. Uh, one that I would like to see in concert. And then one that I actually have, I do enjoy live music. The only thing is rush. You, you know me pretty well. Um, big crowds. Isn't really something that I'm drawn to. So I like to see live music, but I don't love the big crowd piece. So if I can see it in a slightly smaller venue, I'm all mm-hmm. about it. Uh, I saw a few years ago, I saw Andy Minio. Uh, in Indianapolis and he did Desperados and it was fresh off of an album that he had that was um, one that I I, I just I, I truly I love but he did the song Desperados and I just remember knowing every word and going crazy because there's a part that he gets to the near the end now we some Desperados living by the mod like oh, and like just yeah. everybody in unison like yes. just when, when, when as the beat goes it was it was top notch love that the one that I would love to see that I, unfortunately I don't think I'm going to get to see this year. And I really want to, I was late to the party uh, of even knowing that they had an album, but obviously you, you said it Russ fallout boy, fallout boy came out with an album so much for stardust back in March. I didn't I find it till like a month ago. And I have been wearing that thing out on Spotify. So if I could see them do the, the actual title track, which is the last track on the album, so I would love I would know word for word if they did it live, but okay. just so much for Stardust, like live, I would man, I would just melt in a puddle. It would be great. So, so I love you. What you are my family, right? So my wife, who I also love and is also my family. What are you doing on August fifth? Do you want to come to New Jersey? I will take my wife's Fallout Boy ticket and give it to you. <laughs> No, I, I refuse, but I'm free that day. But I refuse. <laughs> I will not come to the man. I'm looking at prices ride. for New Jersey, no. but I'm not doing it. No. But also, no. and like I was, it's funny when you you were like, you don't like large crowds. And I don't know what they have by you, but uh, by us, there's a place, it used to be called the Garden State Art Center. I'm old, and that's what I know it is now. It's PNC Bank Art Center, where it's like an amphitheater where there's a, a bunch of like seats and then just lawn. And it's one of those places where, there's a sweet spot for the sound mm, quality come on. and it is not in the seats. <laughs> come on. So it's one of those places where maybe you don't actually get to see the band well, but like, man, I've been in stadium and arena concerts where you ain't seeing the band anyway, <laughs> but like, so you get to sit on the grass, just have a, you know, relaxing time 
and listen to live music. Like I've gone to concerts there of people I don't know because the tickets are 20 something dollars and just mm-hmm. live music is awesome. Hard to beat. Yeah. Hard to beat. So I, I, I know I'm going to have extra answers to this question on the sixth, but you know, cause I haven't seen fallout boy yet. I was supposed to, um, I was, they did the hella mega tour with fallout boy, Weezer and green day. I've never seen any of them before. Then COVID hit. And it got pushed back, and they rescheduled it on the day of one of my best friend's weddings. Tough scene. And really tough scene. I told him, I'm like, Jai, you know I love you, right? He's like, no, I get it. And my wife's like, you do not know. <laughs> like, All right, god damn it. He said, yes, I should be up. Nope, 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 nope. Went to the wedding. Yeah, one last hurdle. One last hurdle. Tripped over the, so the wife. Hurdle. Here it is. It's happening. Uh, and do you have a? Do you have a? Or did you have a stuffed animal as a kid? That was that was your binky. Sorry. Yes. One. Um. And it, it essentially, my my brother and I, uh, we we played a lot of football in the house, and to my mother's dismay, mm-hmm. and there was a long hallway in the home that I grew up in, and so, um, essentially, there were like doors where the laundry would be behind these like, kind of double doors that would pull like push out and so uh, we would play football in this hallway and the football itself um, you basically zipped it and it was like a soft football toy but if you open it up on um, basically turn it inside out mm-hmm. it was like a, a gorilla with uh, like football pads on and a jersey uh, and it was just like a little stuffed animal kind of deal and I actually still have it uh, I, I didn't find it again until after um, shortly after my brother's passing um, one of my nephews had it and I was like, do you understand what you're holding? Oh, uh, and he was like, no, like, hey, hey, like you take it. And I was just in tears, super grateful for it. But like that, that was my, my binky for a long time. Football in the hallway with my brother, denting walls, getting in so much trouble. Uh, and now even having that to this day is uh, really cool for me. Yeah. We, we, we did hockey inside and yeah. <laughs> oh, even when we're playing with like a stuffed nothing ball, you still find a way to break everything in the house. Absolutely. Rocky, what about you? Sorry, <laughs> Sorry. that just came out. Um, I don't think I have a stuffed animal that I can think of. Uh, I I had a lot of action figures, but I can't think of any stuffed animals I had. Uh, so I don't have a good answer for that question. And my other, I was just going to let it fly if you didn't throw it to me because my other answer is super basic and super popular. Everybody else is coming up with like these songs I never heard of from like bands I never heard of. Um, but uh, we, we know your taste in everything, right? Yes, my taste in everything is like straight down the middle, super mainstream, uh, boring. But um, anyway, uh, I don't go to a lot of concerts anyway. Uh, but one I've done multiple times is Billy Joel, mm-hmm. and every time he does Piano Man. Oh. The, the last, uh, the end of the uh, the last chorus, it's the entire crowd is singing Piano Man. And, and he's not. And it's it's yeah. just so cool to hear. It's so fun. Uh, and so that's the, my favorite song to hear live. I just love it every time. I've gone to see him four times now, I think. And I love it every time. Yeah. Like, no, that has to be a feeling. Like, yeah. That entire concert, because the amount of songs that man. Oh. Yes. So my, my favorite story to this day is with Billy Joel. He doesn't remember the words to We Didn't Start the Fire, so he reads everyone's lips when they're singing along. <laughs> like, I wouldn't remember. Oh, and also speaking of J. Mike, I don't, do you see Fall Out Boy did, redid We Didn't Start the Fire? No. Oh, really? oh and they updated God. it from the 90s to 2000s. It's wonderful. Well, I want to hear that. Oh, it's it so is. So far I mean, behind. It's, 
exactly what you want it to be. It is just Fallout Boy singing We Didn't Start the Fire, but they updated it. It's it's fantastic. They're so good. It's well, so good. What I love most about that area of emo is like because like I grew up as a goth kid, and the problem with goth stuff was they took themselves so seriously. Like it was darkness and all of this stuff. And don't get me wrong, it was it was what I needed as an adolescent. But like Fallout Boy, Panic, all of the and like all of these screamo bands, they just I, I love it. There was a there's like even a meme about it where it's just like I just heard the most intense soul-crushing, beautiful song. I am different for listening to it. <laughs> oh, man, what's the name of it? Oh, I snagged my scrotum in my zipper. Like, like because the, the names of, of emo songs are the dumbest thing in the world. Have nothing to do with the song most of the time. They're hilarious. And, and like, and there's, like, they do so many things that are just, like, we did it because it was fun. Like, and it's something I wish my music did growing up, or at least that I actually gave emo music a shot when I was in, you know, when it started coming out and I did not, I was way too stuck up for that back then. Uh, <laughs> but okay. So songs, I, cause I went to see the band cake over the weekend and they are an impossible to describe band, but they are so much fun. And there's the song short skirt, long jacket, which if you've ever watched the TV show, Chuck, it's the opening to that show. And it's just so much fun. The entire crowd, not even just singing, like screaming. And at one point, they just start, you know, throwing out some na-na-nas. And, like, everyone's just, like, jumping around, going crazy. Like, it is so good. And we talk about Panic at the Disco. I write Sins, Not Tragedies. You know, like, their big deal song. Like, you just... It, like, it's those songs. And I'm like, we went to, I went to see um, My Chemical Romance. And... Oh my God, singing I'm Not Okay, that's a lie. Screaming at the top of my lungs to I'm Not Okay was literally like, I think I was crying by the end of it because it was like the release of my teenage angst came out and I'm in my 40s. Like that's that's how how cathartic screaming along with that was. Like, and like it was the show over the weekend that made me think about it and started putting a list together in my head of like songs I feel better for having heard live. And uh, and I knew you would be you would have some good answers to it too because I know you let you have that musical taste. I, I think there's something to that live music element of all of these people sharing in the same mm-hmm. uh, the the same sometimes pain the emotion yeah. like where you were either when you first heard it or when you first nailed the lyrics or whatever it was like there's something to that that's just that, that's a beautiful space. Yeah, because another one on that list is from Nine Inch Nails. It's something I can never have, and it's a slow song and it's a mm. sad song because like i mean the main chorus is i just want something i could never have mm. and, and but the thing is like you sing and you're like you like emotions that you didn't know you had find their way of seeping out and again especially like you could sing in the car and it's one thing but when you're singing along with tens of thousands of other people yep. It, it brings you to another level, like Absolutely. something I did not appreciate in live music until very recently. <sighs> okay, what we should talk about a little bit. Um, so my my Eric, you need to knock it off of these twenty five first. I don't want them. Um, <laughs> my stuffed animal. I, I actually I don't still. I sort of still have it. I have a ver- I have another one of it. 
Uh, I don't know if you two have ever seen the movie An American Tale. Um, cartoon, early 90s, uh, Five Mouskowitz. It's yeah, about, yeah, yeah. Like Five Goes it's, West. It's about yeah. Jews escaping Russia to America. Yeah, you know, the whole, you know, persecuting Jews always makes for good movies, I guess. Um, but like I had a Five Mouskowitz doll that was like four feet tall. And like that was my thing. Like even when I was a teenager and I wasn't feeling well, I slept with that doll. Mm. And my cat sort of died on it. <laughs> so that was, I got rid of that. Like it went, and my aunt found the exact same doll on a, like just walking through a store. And she's like, well, shit, I have to buy this for us. And I'm like, I'm so glad you bought this for us. And yeah, that <laughs> she bought that for me. And I was probably in my upper teens and I definitely still have it in my closet. And like, I'm trying, like, it's one of those things where like, I want my kids to like this movie as much as I did so they can share in the joy that is this doll. And of course they don't. So like, you know, screw them. It's mine. <laughs> there, there was a lot. There were, what do you say? What does Zach say? An enigma wrapped in a shroud of mystery wrapped in it. <laughs> like whatever, whatever that is. I, think, I feel like that's where that story goes. He said, and my cat, you just left it there hanging for a second. Like. I'm like, how do I, how do I, how do I word this? I'm like, do I just say like he had an accident on it? Do I say he threw up on it? Like, no, because you could watch that. No, no, it, it was unsavable at that. He point. ceased to breathe, like yeah. on the uh, on the doll in my closet. Cool, 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 cool. Glad I wasn't the one to find him though. Um, <laughs> let's move on. At FF Tommy B saw Block Party on their Silent Alarm tour. Another very good band. It's so cool when a band digs in the archives and plays a full album live. I have a feeling about it. like I if it's if you know you're going for a full album thing, that's cool. Panic at the Disco, when I saw them recently, in the middle of their concert just played their entire new album. Mm-hmm. And we're just like, that's cool and all, but like that sacrificed some older songs I wish I heard. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to chime in one time. I chime in. Haven't you people? Like, give me that moment, okay? Okay. Well, clearly they did not skip on that one. But there was like, but seriously, there was still a freaking amazing concert. Except I got, I, I, it's funny, I DM'd this to Zach, but I need to say it out loud again. The, I, I hate that nowadays you have the ability to find out set lists before you go to concerts. Because the last two concerts I've been to, I got burned real bad. Um apparently on some of the concerts that on the tour that I saw panic at the disco, they played into the unknown from, from frozen Two. they did the song at the end and they did not do it for mine. Like, had I not known that I never would have expected they would play it, but I found out that they did it for some people and then they didn't do it for me. And my soul was crushed. New Jersey, Um, man, New Jersey bias. Yeah. Pennsylvania. Um, both of these actually. And then this past weekend, Cake does a fantastic cover of I Will Survive. And again, they played it for the show before hours. They did not play it for hours. And I was a sad, sad panda. <sighs> okay, so let's move on to Tommy's question because it is ridiculous. What type of dynasty manager do you think Elon would be? Who would his most rostered player be? What a perfect question, by the way, on this on the same day where the bird dies and the ex lives. Man. See, like he if we ever just got so tired of J Mike destroying us in TA6, we kicked him out and didn't do a dispersal. We straight up gave Elon J Mike's team. 
what's I was about to say what's the opposite of rags to riches, but I assume it's just riches to rags. Like how quickly that would go. Like it would just like like that's the only thing I can think of. Like that I don't was... know about a specific player. I don't know about any of that because or like because like he can't be the downfall. Like he would buy a, an NFL team, then take over someone's dynasty team, trade for Justin Jefferson, and then buy the Vikings and bench Justin Jefferson. That, that <laughs> like, kind of what you said to me was the obvious answer. He's the guy takes over a middling orphan and then runs it into the ground. <laughs> yes, yeah. he, he he's uh, uh, yes, Rocky. He is the <laughs> definition of IKB. Right, he he is the definition of I get the I get the keys to the car and I know better IKB, and so he's making just crazy trades, and not the crazy trades that we look back on like man he was right like man Josie like <laughs> no the crazy trades where like the team looks totally different in in a season and a half or even less than, and then leaves the league on to his next venture to ruin another orphan somewhere along the line, perfect at but- that that. But while he's there, he finds a way for the league to raise their buy-in. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you, this is all you guys are playing for while we raise the stakes. <laughs> like, yeah, 100%. 100%. Deuces up out. <laughs> like, uh. All right. Um, at Ascending Descent, because Ascending Descent 2 is just not easy to say. Uh, how do you approach your typical six-team lineup? Start 26. Typical. Typical. <laughs> I think that yeah, I think that was a sarcastic typical. What? <laughs> four super flexes and eight flexes. What? <laughs> You're not looking at this question before you put it on. I don't stage, look at any know? of the questions before I put them on here. It's more fun just to like ha- everyone be on the journey. Well, be on the journey with everyone else hearing it for the first time. You, you don't. There is no like. I don't know. So nobody knows the answer to that question. <laughs> I honestly like I would just get every quarterback, like because you, you need to create positional advantages when there shouldn't be in six teams. Like walk away with Kelsey and Andrews and Allen and Mahomes, and who cares what the rest of your team looks like? <laughs> like, 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 bro, this is a start twenty six for us. You, I don't you, care. You're gonna need more than that. You go. <laughs> You're going to be more. Teams, you'll be able to find enough players that you can start. But, like, man, like, I literally don't have an answer for this because that's the weirdest, craziest. I want to, I, I need updates on what this league is. Star 26. What? <laughs> well, hold on. Let me put, I need to pull up a calculator. So, six times 26 is 156. There are 156 players starting. Yeah. And in a 12-team start 10, I don't need a calculator for that one. It's only 120. So they are still starting more. Pl- I changed my answer. You need, oh, my God, I don't know. You just need everyone. You need to not let the other teams draft. Like, <laughs> somehow put as many players up for bid as you can and then disconnect, ev- like, unlink everyone else's team until your guys go through. That's, sure, that's I'll, my, I'll go with that. That's my answer. <laughs> Sounds good. Best of luck, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> and then he says, Nelly and Bowie were great live. He said, you put a question mark? I'm guessing that's supposed to be an exclamation point. Um, all the stuffed animals from Labyrinth. 
Labyrinth is fantastic. I love, love that movie. Speaking of Bowie. Um, yeah, like it's it's very weird. I've always loved that movie. I saw it when I was a kid. I've known the words to that movie for decades. I never owned a doll from that movie. Like, because they never really made them. Like, I wonder where he got them from. Like, a giant Ludo or a giant orange long-armed fluffy thing? Like, you can totally just... <laughs> snuggle that to death like that and and then oh my god if you squ- squeezed him and he said ludo friend like that would drift me off to sleep every single night um uh, uh, unfortunately i've never seen labyrinth <laughs> j mike has been deprived of labyrinth He's- it go, is go it, watch it it's gotta be on a streaming service somewhere. yeah it was on netflix for a while it, it's a it's a muppets-esque movie it's a jim henson movie let me put it that yeah. way there's no muppets in it but there's there's puppets but, but yeah there's- um, it, David Bowie is in it. Jennifer Connelly is in it. It's very good. It is it's just basically just them two in puppets. More or less, that is very it's at true. the very beginning and end of the movie. Yeah, and you could just skip the very beginning anyway. All right, so that is the listener questions that we have. It is time for some trade addicts trades. Oh, oh, thank you, Eric, in here saying short skirt long jacket is one of his go-to karaoke jams. Yes. Someone finally knew what I was talking about. And by the way, I need to say out loud, the Venn diagram of Scott Fishbowl people and cake fans in the Philadelphia area are two separate circles because I did not get a look, a sideways glance or anything while wearing my Baskin Robbins SFP 13 shirt. Out on cake. Hmm. Hate to see it, Philly. (laughs) You hate to see it, Philly. So Trade Addicts leaves a 12-team Superflex PPR tight end premium with 1.75 points per tight end reception. And where was I? 0.05 points for return yardage except for TA1. And we got some TA1 trades. We could have had more, but Eric's out here being silly. Uh, <laughs> so let's, let's go to the first Eric's one. Eric's like the, uh, the, you know, the extra guest on this show, basically, at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so so what started it all was Eric was full rebuild. He had like six to eight 24 firsts. And then I see a I trade go through. Was it 10? Jeez. And a, and a trade goes through. Cooper Cup and Jamison Williams for Eric's first. And first of all, I was at the K concert. The concert ends. I get in the car. I was not driving. I check my phone. I have two emails, trade completed and trade offer. So I check the trade completed first, assuming it's a domino. Trade completed was this one. Cooper Cup and Jameson Williams were the first. And then I see, no, it is not a domino. Someone spams offers to try and get rid of Cup and Jameson Williams. Oh, of course, Eric is still in the chat. 10-24 first and 6-25. And he's trying to give all the 25s to me right now, and it's not going to happen. Um I had the offer of Cooper Cup and Jamison Williams for Garrett Wilson. Like, there's a gap. Um, And here's the thing. And the guy who made this trade, I've been in a lot of trade talks with him. He was one of the originals in TA1, so he's been around for a while. He predicts future picks. And I, I don't do that. And... He made this trade thinking this is going to be an early first. I saw this trade go down, and I'm like, hey, Eric, you ready to make the playoffs? (laughs) Because I'm not letting that stand. And and honestly, 
nothing against you know the other guy who made that trade it's just that bad process isn't happening in front of me when you're willing to trade a 24 first from him but you're asking me for garrett wilson what so uh well we got one trade done we're trying to get more but so let's take a step back and forget about because we're not trying to put the whole point of this is to not put context it's really just value so cooper cup and jameson williams for a 24 first let's call it random what are your feelings on that j mike um i really 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 like the side that has a triple crown winner and a guy with lots of potential ahead of him uh so please give me the cooper cup Jamison Williams side. Um, I, I don't necessarily love trying to play that game of aiming where the first will be. I, I, I like I like the idea behind it, but we're just really bad at that oftentimes when we try. Um, Cooper Cup, I think, alone is probably worth the 24 first to me. Uh, so, yeah, I like the Cooper Cup side of that. I'm, I'm with Jay Mike. Uh, pretty much exactly everything you said. I was going to say the same exact thing. That to me, I don't even need Jamison Williams, and I'll send a random assume you know assume mid twenty four first for Cooper Cup. Uh, and uh, there's a decent chance this is going to be uh, a later first because he has all those firsts and is now trying to use them to compete. So, yep. uh, so th- there's a chance this could be like the one hundred eight. To 110 to who knows maybe he does enough that he, he wins the whole damn league trading all 10 of his first uh but but yeah i i don't i don't have huge hopes for jameson williams but that's just like <clears throat> as you said <clears throat> god uh earlier in the show those feelings about jameson williams are strong i know it's just it's, it's i'm getting choked up uh, <laughs> but yeah it's just gravy so i'll, I'll take the gravy would you well, J. Mike, since you're more in on Jameson Williams, would you pay two firsts for Cup and Williams? Like, would you send the two firsts for these two guys that seemingly are worth a first each? Um, I mean, you, you, you I think you have try to take my my strategy out of it. I, I just don't like, like this is so you. much hypothetical because we are not putting yeah. context to any teams to any of. So, the um, hmm. I, I do, I do, I think have questions about what, like, what is Jamison Williams' current value? Like, I don't have a good gauge of that right now um, within the market, or even what I'd be willing to do. <laughs> like, I'd probably pay two seconds. Would I pay a first? I don't know. So, like, the, that that weird line that you often talk about, Russ. Like, yeah. yes, I'd pay the two seconds. Am I going to pay the first? Uh, I don't know. But I, I still think he's the type of player that can drive volume even though we haven't obviously seen it at this level but everything on tape that i really trust i really liked it's weird so i don't know that i'd pay the two first for in that instance uh stuff to say i probably wouldn't pay the two firsts yes yeah, it's really funny because like if you take a step back and if all you saw was cooper cup and jameson williams for a 24 first i would stop and be like all right that's a little cheap but like first and a second that seems fine it's and it's really just funny how much all of this context got me like not really riled up because it's a freaking game and I don't care that much, but like it's just fun to get a little riled up and it, it, it's just the fact that twenty four first, Garrett Wilson, <laughs> like mm. that that's that's what got me, and and again it is all in fun because I love all of these people so it's not like I'm actually upset about any of this. <laughs> it, it's it that's that may be true, Russ, but I still think that people even people that you're in leagues with underestimate. Your level of petty 
Like the depths <laughs> of Mike spite, <laughs> the depths of spite that you're willing to go to just so someone's prediction doesn't come true. Like I don't think people really understand that level of, of, of I was that you're willing to go. So close to making the playoffs last year in TA6 just because J. Mike wouldn't give me my first. So close. I, I, Record-wise, I was the sixth seed, but Brian Har outscored me because Brian Har just ruins my fantasy life. That's what he does to me. Brian Har. J. Mike, send me my first. J. Mike, send me my world. first. J. Mike, send me my first. J. Mike. Uh, no, Russ, I'm not sending you your first. You, you not, I mean, you're probably not going to make the playoffs. Stop. Oh, I'm not going to make the playoffs? Cool. Trade, 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 trade. (laughs) I get it, Russ. Calm down. Chill, bro. (laughs) People don't know. They just don't know. So after this happened, um, lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of back and forths. And the one trade we have gotten through so far is DK Metcalf and Devin A-Chain for 224 firsts. I want to believe that I was smart enough to look into what these firsts were and made sure one of them seemed early. But I don't put that past me at the hour that this trade went through. <laughs> so the, um, so I'll just say the way I saw this. I'm going to assume that I thought one of them seemed like it should be earlier. And if I can get a bunch of firsts, I'll send that dude to first for you know a guy who's going to score points to get him off his roster. So his first gets a little better for me. Um, I want to make Eric's team better. My team is going full rebuild and not to call DK Metcalf old, but he is the oldest good wide receiver I had. And I just, Devin A-Chain, I, I have so much of him and I used an end of the first. So getting a 24 first, just a re-roll felt fine. Assuming I think I probably took him at the 111, 112. And you have to assume your chances of that new 24 first being earlier than the 111-112 are pretty good, regardless of what team it is. So I'm like, yeah, I, I probably should have gotten a second on top of it to make it feel better. But at this point, where just putting everything in context to where it is, I wanted to get at least one of these deals done. So I, I sacrificed that second to get some first, to put some points on this man's team, and just to just to get the fun times rolling. So, so Rocky, what do you think about DK Metcalf and Devin Aching for two firsts? Yeah, I mean, I think that's pretty fair. Uh, I, I guess I could see because yeah, of the DK. I, I can't talk now either. This Jamison Williams stuff has just got me losing so my ability to speak. Um, if you need to walk away and take a minute. Maybe, you know. maybe I should at this point. Um, but, yeah, I see because of the DK part. I'm wanting maybe a little more because you probably – Probably should get a first for a chain too, uh, considering he was a first round pick and not much has changed. But I like you said, I like the idea that you're probably getting a higher pick. Um, and I, I'm very iffy on a chain's uh potential in the NFL, so uh, I kind of really like getting even if you're just calling it a 24 first for a chain, I, I love the idea of doing that, uh, if you can get it, and uh, and uh, the 24 first for uh, Metcalf is maybe a little light, but I mean, a lot of people do not want to pay for DK Metcalf at this point. So. I found that out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I am, and I think, like I said, I think 24 first may all, almost, even though it's kind of weird to say from a guy that was drafted in the first round in most rookie drafts, I think it, 
I don't know that I'd want to pay a 24 first for, for Devin A-Chain. So I, I sort of think you are getting a little extra on the A-Chain side to make up for maybe a little light on the Metcalf side. Yeah, A-Chain absolutely felt like he was my choice after that cliff. <laughs> Is really After yeah. that, you know, Johnston, Flowers, and Kincaid. And then you're just like, what do I do now? My answer to that was a chain. I know a couple of people had Kendrick Miller in there. Uh, I was going Charbonnet a lot of the ones. Charbonnet, well. two hundred one, yeah. You know Levis, you know because if it's super flex and that kind of stuff. So like, there, it was really that's when you hit your pick your poison. And at that point, a chain was mine because I the, the the player himself is good. He's nothing amazing, nothing great, but he's really really fast and on the Dolphins, which is what anyone would say, what's the best landing spot for a running back? My answer was the Dolphins. So, like, he went to the right place. So, to me, I I really, really liked him out there. And now I, Eric's I throwing you offers. You better be careful what offer you accept if you want to be back on this show, Rocky. And another thing, another thing about H.A. I just wanted to mention is I, I would be nervous about trading for him just because I still think that's not a – that's a potential landing spot for some of those guys that we still think might sign. Oh, yeah, that. we saw a Dalton rumors a while yeah. ago. Yeah, for Jeez. sure. Yeah, I don't think I don't think A Chain has the physical abilities for an every down back or anything, but like, yeah, he's Dalvin Cook is still going to be good. Dalvin Cook is good, even if it's Zeke. Zeke is still pretty good, but them being on that team doesn't worry me in the least for A Chain. Like, if they bring in another speedy guy, or if like. We start hearing those, oh, my God, Raheem Mostert looks like the best shape of his life. Like, if we start seeing those puff pieces coming in, then I'll be worried because Mostert is one of those guys that doesn't look right. He barely looks like he's trying, and he's outrunning everyone on the field. Like, it hurts my brain watching Raheem Mostert run. And and that's what you – I mean, A-Chain literally has that track speed, (laughs) you know? So, like, that's what I want him to be. So those guys coming on doesn't worry me at all. It it really would be more if they brought in another speed guy. But I, again, it's at that cliff. It's at that point where they could go 110, 111, or they can go 204, and no one bats an eye because that's just – that was a tier of whatever. Uh, J. Mike, what do you think about it? I look at this slightly different than you guys, and it's not necessarily about the the side I choose. I – you. I feel like we're talking a lot about the valuation of Devon A. Chain right now. I have, I, I just have questions as to like, what's the, what's the DK Metcalf valuation right now, right? Pre-show or during the Patreon portion of the program, we talked a lot about the, Hey, who, you know, three first, like what, what we're looking at for three first uh, and, and what the, and what even the line for even Rocky, like the two first line, like the, the Olave Wilson, like DK Metcalf, I guess dip, coming from different folks, like, and if we're trying to hit this, if, we, if we're trying to be in front of the wave, we don't necessarily want to be behind it, but we want to be making moves that allow us the flexibility to obviously work toward winning, uh, but also not having pieces on our roster that we're not thrilled about. Um, what does the, what does the DK valuation look like right now? And what are we aiming at? Because, okay, Tyler Lockett, we know isn't necessarily going to be there forever. We think Geno's probably, Real deal, maybe Mirage. We don't know. I don't know. Um, but then JSN's there now. And we know that Pete Carroll wants to run the ball a lot. And Ken Walker's really good. And they took Zach Charbonnet in the, what was it, second? So, mm-hmm. like, what does it look like for DK Metcalf to pay off whatever his current value is now? And 
is he a two first guy? I don't necessarily know, know the answer in terms of what people would be willing to pay, but I, I'm just curious when we think about DK Metcalf, I'm, I'm probably on the side of uh, that's tough. I guess I'm probably on the DK Metcalf. I don't know. <laughs> that's good right like that's just great yeah. then yeah the trade right when yeah. you're like, you can't really place it like it's one of those trades where both of us kind of feel like we lost in which case it's a great trade <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah well see here's trade. here's here's really the thing like i struggle valuing dk metcalf because i yeah. really like the player he does well anytime it doesn't matter who the quarterback is he does well he I think we like he made that wide receiver three, like the wide receiver three jump, wide receiver three jump, like after his rookie sophomore or sophomore year. I can't remember which anymore. And I think that dream is long since dead. Like that ceiling can't be there. But wide receiver eight to 12 is very realistic of an outcome for a season for me, especially if Geno plays. If what we saw from Geno last year was real they can't just be a running team, <laughs> like, especially bringing in JSN and, you know, hopefully giving Lockett his, you know, last hurrah. Um, but the thing really is I wasn't trading away the 105 or 106. I can't remember numbers anymore, but like I was taking JSN over DK Metcalf. I would have struggled between the idea of Jordan Addison and DK Metcalf and probably would have just stayed with Addison at that point. So you can't call DK two firsts unless they're late firsts, in which case, is that really two firsts? And this coming year, we have two very good, again, it's July, and there are some people that haven't done the 23 rookie drafts yet, and we're talking about who's in the 24. But, yeah, I mean, like we have Caleb Williams, who's going to supposedly be a top five quarterback overall in Dynasty. Um I keep forgetting May's first name. I keep going to say Marcus May, but that is a different person. Drake. Drake May, thank you. Marvin Jr., who is... We're so old, guys. <laughs> and Marvin Harrison Jr. is just like the elite prospect, you know, coming in. Um, Egbuka coming in. Another Ohio, like Ohio State. Why are Ohio State wide receivers this good? I don't get it. But they are. You know, and that's not even including any running backs, which I think we're supposed to have two or three very good ones. In which case, all right, right now, DK Metcalf is like the 108 in next year. So it's just like, I I, I think we are at a world where DK Metcalf is just a mid first and you call it a day. Mm. And I hate it to my soul, but it's just where we are in rookie drafts. From what I hear right now, it being very, very early, 25 is not going to be as great of a class as we've had the past few years. So maybe if we had that kind of like, well, 2019 coming in again because 2019 was very, you know, eh, at first, you know, of course, AJ Brown and DK Metcalf were in that class at the end of the first because we hated their landing spots and we saw how that worked out. But like right now, it's tough to put a high first valuation on DK because of the players coming in. And that's, how you have to think about it a little bit, even though it's not completely how you should be thinking about it. So like that's another reason I was okay just pulling the trigger on this. It's just because like I don't see how DK's value ever goes up. And that's I just want to mention to strengthen your point, isn't Brock Bowers in next year's class too, who's got yep. like I think Pitts level almost hype coming out here? Yeah. Yep. Um uh Travion Henderson also of Ohio State. 
Um, I don't know if he's next year, but there's another Ohio, great Ohio I State writer. I think he is. Yep. Um, <laughs> Rocky, did you just do this? No, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. <laughs> oh, my. We are going to have. Boy. <laughs> he offered me two seconds for something that I wasn't doing. CJ Stroud, Cam Akers, Jameer Gibbs, and DJ Moore for three 24 firsts and a 24 second. Oh, my goodness. That's actually really good. I can't even be mad at that. <laughs> I can't even be mad. Wait, what, what was the trade one more time? L- live in real time. Eric, let's see it. What was it? CJ Stroud, Cam mm-hmm. Akers, Jameer Gibbs, and DJ Moore for my first, which is going to be a pain to get back from John. Uh, so three twenty-four first and a 24 second. He received Stroud and company. Yeah. yeah. Hey, bra- bravo, Eric. Great job. I like that deal. You, yeah, I like that's the players. A really good trade. Like, and I, I am mad, but not the kind of mad that's going to make me rant about it because it's not like this is good. And there's like, I can't be mad when a good trade goes down. But crap, I'm going to have to deal with John now. And John just another dude that's been here from the beginning, so knows me well enough. And and just like that, our analysis on the Cooper Cup trade. <laughs> but yeah, about the future first, right? It's already already blown up. Half the starting his, lineup. His idea of already. future first, gone. Yeah. All right, so TA9, uh, we have two trades. Uh, Tyreek Hill for Christian Watson in a 24 first. Uh, Tyreek, please and thank you for me. Um, I mostly agree with J-Mike, assuming it's random. That does look uh, very... It's Very a bad high. team, but again, I'm not willing to say anything. It's a, I just say 20, like, and it's really, really funny. I did not look at the team. I just picked a team that I knew wasn't late. <laughs> like, I, I wish I could say I was sneaky. I wish I could say I did this on purpose. I sold Tyreek and I got Christian Watson to 24 first. Um, my TA9 team is, I don't think this is, this is, is this nine? Did I write down the wrong number? No, I think it's yeah. ten. This is ten. I wrote down the wrong number. My my team is competing, um, and honestly, like I I know Tyreek Hill. I, we found out now that he's not going to face any charges. It doesn't mean he won't get suspended. But honestly, it was just like, all right, Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill is now a headache, and I don't want to deal with it. And I don't have any picks on this team, so let me just go get a first. Let me. Um, we got a new GM in because we had someone that unfortunately had to leave. So. What do you do with the new guy? You send them offers. And, and this one, I, there was a little back and forth, but it ended up on Christian Watson and a first for Tyreek. We both felt great about it. Everyone saw which first it was, and they started getting upset about it. And I was just like, oh, oh, yeah, I did that on purpose. I meant to go and get that really early. Like, I don't, to me, Watson and a first for Tyreek is close. It's a little bit on the Tyreek side, but. It fit what I wanted to do. So again, like the same thing with how I originally felt, even though I talked to myself lower on DK right now, like at the time when I made the trade, I felt like I was like a second off, but I was willing to do it for those specific reasons that I said before, like this one, I was willing to sacrifice Tyreek Hill with a little bit of value just to go in a direction I preferred. I'm curious, Jim, like if, and again, there's no way to know at this point, but it, the guy's not trying to win. If you know that's the 102, for instance, does that change your mind? Probably. Probably. 
Yeah, I mean, if if if, if I know that, I, I think I think part of it though for me is just how I value Christian Watson, uh, and I, I just still think Tyreek is one of the true like true difference bakers. Not questions like if he's in your lineup, your boom weeks go boom, and yep. life is great. Yep. And obviously, we don't have any reason to believe that that offense looks severely different in any way. And we know that Tyreek Hill, the thing that he does really well is that he's the best at it in all of football. Um, and even like it, as good as Christian Watson is at it in terms of just like being behind defenses and not running people like Tyreek, I won't say made it famous, but like this is, that's his trademark at this point. Uh, and, and with the efficiency of that offense. And, and so maybe if it wasn't Christian Watson, I'd be way more excited about that. Uh, but knowing if I knew like, Oh, this is the one Oh two. Like I feel really good about the prospects of what that looks like and what that could become. So maybe I, maybe that's the case if I know it's one Oh two, but yeah. Otherwise yeah, it's hard to say. Taking that account, like, like Russ said with no context, I, I think I probably not knowing where the first is, I think assuming mid ish, I think I probably do take the Tyreek side. Uh, yeah. Knowing it's probably super high. I might lean the Watson and the super high pick side. But, you know, this guy came in, took over the team, and said he wants to win. And then this next trade happened. Cooper Cup, Darren Waller, Jarek McKinnon, and a 25-third. 25-third, very, very important. For Ramondre Stevenson, Kyle Pitts, and a 24-first. One more time, because that was a lot. Cooper Cup, Darren Waller. I have to say Jet McKinnon, because Jet McKinnon is very important. 25-third, I jokingly is not is not important at all for Ramondre Stevenson, Kyle Pitts and a 24 first number, number four in the program, number one in your hearts and uh, your hearts. I mean, Russ Fisher's hearts, Jet McKinnon. Are you kidding? That's like, now I'm a Roshan fan. The second I heard Zach say converted quarterback, I'm like, I'm in. <laughs> That's all I need. <laughs> oh, I'm just going to comment on this one real quick. Cause I saw this when it came in and, and there was some discussion on it in the uh, chat after it happened. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> To me, um, all due respect, Russ, I, I just take out the Jet McKinnon in 25 third part. <laughs> um, and You're breaking my heart, Rocky. <laughs> you can't can say anything you want with, with all due respect in front of him. <laughs> Ricky Bobby. With all due respect, yes. here is all of my disrespect. Uh, um, if, if it was like, Kyle Pitts for Cooper Cup and Darren Waller is closest to me personally uh, I'd probably want more a little more maybe um, like a small piece on top of Pitts um, just because you know his stock has gone down but if you put any either of the other two pieces that surround Kyle Pitts in this deal that's already a bit of an overpay to me so I will take that side <laughs> since you're getting both of those pieces here's here's my thing about this and yes this was people had to be <laughs> talked to after this trade went down and the way people were talking here here's my thing would you can you picture a world halfway through the next season where Ramondre Stevenson is now an afterthought and Kyle Pitts is a tight end like the tight end 6 or 7 because he's still doing nothing in the world. Like, not to say that I think it's likely, 
But I was, first of all, very thrown off when I saw the Patriots were trying to offer a contract to Dalvin. I was not ready to hear that because I had just started buying into Ramondre. Um, and, and, and Kyle Pitts, I get everything he can be. And the dude can suck for four years and still be in his lower 20s because I think he's like 17 right now. <laughs> so, so, like, I get it. The dynasty value on the Stevenson, Pitts, and the first, it, it, that wins. The dynasty side is absolutely there. But this guy came in, said he wanted to win, and then just went and got Tyreek Hill, Cooper Cup, and Dar- Darren Waller, and Jet McKinnon, Rocky. And, <laughs> yeah, he he gave up Ramondre Stevenson, who was a top 10 running back, who who trusts Patriots running backs. I, 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 I get it. I get that the value is pretty heavily on the Pitts and, and Mondre side. I still don't care. Like to me, this is one of those things where I just took over a team. I wanted to go the way I wanted to go. Maybe I could have waited for a better offer, but this was the one that was sent to me and I wanted to get these guys off my team and I wanted to get these guys. Sure. Like I had to convince people that the league wasn't going to fold after this trade went through. And I'm going to put it out there. No one or two trades can ruin a league. I don't care how bad it is, unless it's collusion, in which case that's just cheating and that sucks. In which case, that's not vetoing. That's undoing cheating. Um, so- I will say I can also see a world where, like, Piss and Stevenson are within, like, 10 to 15% at worst points-wise on Cup and Waller. And you're getting a first and age. Yeah. Again, <laughs> like, I, I'm not saying the world I painted before is likely in any way, shape, or form. I'm just saying, like, I, I I get the mindset that this person could have been in because I don't know specifically how they feel about these players. Like, you know, I good person that I've known for a long time, and I know they create content. I don't listen to anyone's – like, ever since I stopped commuting, I just don't listen to podcasts anymore, and I legitimately feel bad about it. Like, but I just – I. I, for some reason, can't comprehend sitting at my desk and listening to a fantasy fantasy football podcast. It doesn't work. Either I don't pay attention or I don't work. And that's a problem both sides. (laughs) (laughs) So, so like, if he is crazy low on Stevenson and Pitts, the the worst problem that that he fed into was using his own values and not the world's. In which case, I again, I won't fault people for because... Like, how many times TA9, we have Ryan, who literally has his list of values and will not deviate from that. He sold pits pretty cheaply, you know, also. And we we did not get this upset. Like, I don't know. Like, I just, first of all, it's a game. I don't care. These are low-cost leagues, so you have fun. That's literally... Uh, I never think it's worth getting upset over. I, I do want to say that, yeah. Yeah. So, so like, if you are the kind of person that gets upset over trades, calm down. Just, just calm down. And, and I don't think this is one of those to really get over upset about. Well said. Yeah, <laughs> and, 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 and I don't need anything there. Yeah, I'm gonna. Add, we'll, we'll talk about this TA11 trade just to like as a palate cleanser before we head out of here because it's the last one on the on the sheet. Um, DeAndre Swift and a 25 second for Sam Laporta and a 24 second. And again, this was this was me. Oh, by the way, um, just to talk about it out loud while J. Mike has a very pensive look on his face. I, I started something a couple of days ago where I said, 
every single trade I make from now until the end of this fantasy season, like the fantasy playoffs, I'm going to donate a dollar to Fantasy Cares. So there's a very good chance I will accept things I'm, I'm iffy on or just make stupid trades for the sake of making trades. Um, so these two on this week were the first two. So, so far, $2 coming towards Fantasy Cares. Um, I drafted TA11, and I hated it. Hated what I drafted. So I'm just like, you know what? I'm blowing it up. And I still had Swift on my team because I my Swift love is so strong right now that I, I couldn't sell him for something that seems reasonable. And I was trying to look around the league to see what I can, if anyone who I can get a deal with done with. So I was looking for young wide receivers and I'm like, I sent a couple of offers and then I'm like, young tight ends still matter in this tight end premium league. And especially with the year draft we just came out of. And I saw Laporta and I'm just like, I want a little something on top. And I'm just like, you know what, Give switch my second to this year and I'll call it a D and he accepted. And that was it. Like no negotiations, nothing. Like I sent this offer, he accepted. Love it when that happens sometimes. Cause sometimes that means it feels like I overpaid, but even if it did, it doesn't matter. Like I sent it and I meant it. And like, I was happy this went through. I, I like Laporta and apparently there's camp hype about him, which makes me even more excited, even though I did not hear that before sending this <laughs> offer. So like, I, I love DeAndre Swift. I honestly think he is going to just be so damn good this year. But on this team, I didn't want that to happen. So I, I like this trade. I I also love DeAndre Swift, as you know, Russ. Um, and I probably love him <laughs> even more now that he's an eagle. Um, so I... If you had young wide receivers on any of your teams, I would have probably sent you an offer yeah, for DeAndre Swift. But you don't like young wide receivers, apparently. Unless I'm rebuilding, in which case, then I probably don't want DeAndre Swift. So, uh, but I think that I think I'd want a, a little more. Uh, to me, this is—I guess maybe this is what he's going for. But I mean, that's basically equating him to an early second, and I'd probably want a slight bit more than that. Uh, since Laporta was basically drafted as an early second, and uh, you got the seconds into this year. That that's true. You did Rocky. upgrade the second. Late I got first, that. Late but, first, Rocky. <laughs> I, it's probably partially my bias too, because I think I'm higher on Swift than most people. Uh, so I I just want a, I think I want a little more than just a swap of, of 25 and 24 seconds. But I don't think it's anything you know to get into to get upset about. <laughs> Nothing to get upset about. The more time that's passing, the more I'm getting angry about these trades for... Uh, By the Eric way, Eric has sent first. me a trade um, for... Uh, with with your first... With the exact same three picks for Jalen Hurts before that trade went through. Late, for, late first, mid-second for Cousins and Swift. No, I just talked about how much I love Swift. <laughs> that's not happening. Um... J Mike, sorry. I you clearly I'm very easily distracted. Um no. what are your thoughts on this before we head out? Probably uh I I I I like what Swift could be this year, and I think Laporta really is really fun in an offense that looks like they might be cooking with Grease soon in Detroit. Uh I probably want Swift because I like what I really like what Philly's got going on. Rocky, you hear that? Compliment for your <laughs> Eagles. Um so yeah, I, I, I probably want Swift, probably, just because I, I would like to think that I could ideally obtain more. But Laporta's a fun dart throw. Um, I, I just 
I'm just curious how navigating his his value over this season and the impatience that sometimes people have with tight end um, that could be a really fun thing to to, to deal with. Um, probably Swift in this trade. Probably. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not not beating the table. I'm not calling you uh, stupid. I'm not treating this like Trey Lance or anything, uh, like Rocky does Trey Lance. So, (laughs) all comes full circle. Um, Okay, well, that's the end of our show sheet. So that is the end of our show. We have not gone an hour and forty minutes in a long time, and I'm so thrilled that we did because that just meant more time with J Mike. And I'm so mad at Rocky right now. It doesn't even matter with how mean he's been to me this entire show. But before we do head out, Sorry, Jay, Mike, Derek, Derek McKinnon out. is the best, Russ. Sorry. Oh, it's too late for that now. <laughs> come on. At least let the wound heal before you start that. I mean, come on. Um, why don't you let everyone know who you are, what you do, and where they can find what you do? Uh, hey, I'm 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 just a dude um, out here out here trying to trying to love people well, trying to encourage folks well. Uh, I'm on Twitter at jmikecheck uh, or x. At J Mike Check, whatever we're calling this thing now that Elon is doing. I'm on threads, even though I don't log in often. Also at J Mike Check, I'm one half of the Dynasty Dummies uh, with my much better half, Zach Reed at Tacit Assassin 13. Uh, One half of the Open Bar podcast with my main man, my brother, uh, Gabe Gearing at um, FF Man Bun on Twitter. Um, Who knows if it ever comes back or what that looks like, but. Uh, grateful for both of those guys. Those are truly my brothers in life. Uh, so just grateful to to share time with them and absolute privilege to be able to join you guys tonight. Uh, Rush, you know, I love you dearly. Uh, Rocky, thank you very much for your patience with me as we, <laughs> as we try to navigate scheduling and all the things. Uh, I, I truly appreciate you guys. And uh, yeah, tr- truly a privilege. Thank you for for allowing me to be able to share time with you all. Appreciate you. All of that right back at you. And all I'm going to say right now is go donate to Fantasy Cares. That's all. FantasyCares.org slash donate. Um, there's plenty of things going on where donate. And as a thank you, you get stuff. And we are, we're ramping up for some fun stuff at the Expo. So if you're going to be at the Expo, or even if you're not, we're going to do some stuff online as well. Uh, but donate Fantasy Cares. Most of the money at this point goes to uh, Toys for Tots. So we do that awesome, awesome, ridiculous shopping and go get a whole lot of presents for kids that wouldn't be able to get them otherwise. Um, and we're going to be branching out a bit into our charitable aspects as we go. And hopefully, like, I just watching this stuff grow is just like, like, I like inner joy, like beaming. And it's not something I'm used to having or feeling. So it's a very weird thing. Um, but yeah fantasycares.org slash donate and I'm rambling because I'm ready for bed. Like I such strong emotions happened during this show that I'm just wiped. So good night everybody. Thank, Thank you for listening to the Great Attic Podcast. A proud member in the Dicey Attic Podcast Network. Please follow your hosts at Dynasty Haha and at Dynasty FF Attic. Subscribe, rate, and review. We will catch you next time on the Trade Addict Podcast. Poopy Pan, that is the best. <laughs> See ya.